recording for the podcast that we are about to do. How do we start this a wonderful podcast this week? Uh, uh, I'll tell you how we start a podcast, how we start a start a podcast. Tell me how you're going to start a podcast, a pod, pod, podcast. I start a, I start a, I start a Wargamers Anonymous podcast, Ziga Ziga. <laughs> or something God. like that that was rough <laughs> welcome ladies and gentlemen to the wargamers anonymous podcast with myself captain pickle and my esteemed co-host elston from elstonation welcome to the show i hope you're all feeling absolutely fantastic and whatever day it is whatever time it is whatever you're doing i hope that you are just having a lovely time doing whatever it is that you're doing and <laughs> I don't this this intro is messed up from the start, but this is the place where you get all of your wargaming uh, chit-chat, as well as talk about food and books and general nonsense and deviations from the, the, the conversation at large. I'm going to hand over to Elston now, because apparently I've forgotten how to speak and how to form coherent sentences. So Elston, say hello to the lovely people. Hello to all you lovely people who are enjoying yourself whilst whatever you're doing. As long as you're <laughs> pleasing yourself or whatever you're doing is pleasing. Really? Hello. I'm, I'm a little, a little bit concerned about me talking now. I'm a little bit subconscious about what people are doing whilst I'm talking. Just try not to think um, about it. Just try not to think about um, it. I, try not to think about it. It makes me think about it more. Okay. Um, How are you? Are you all right? I, I am fine. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, sh- I'll tell you what. Um, should we dive straight into what we've been working on? Because I was just about to spill the beans. Uh, and, it can do if you want. Did. Look, at Elsa just wanted to rush through the topics. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Well, what have you been working on, then? Well, well, the reason why I was saying how how am I, because it kind of links in with uh, how, how I am right now. I, I am at pretty much the end of my building everything journey. Wow. Um, I have one more model to build. It is looking me square in the face right now. And it is about a foot and a half tall. You got a Titan? I'm looking at something big and it's got a kind of head and it's got big guns. Have you got a Titan? Um, I, I might. I may have. I may have. What? Did you not know I was a Titan connoisseur? What Titan have you got? I, I may have a Reaver. Now, we, now, just pretend for a moment uh, that, that, <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know uh, much about Titan lore. Is that okay. that's not the biggest one? I know that because that's the warlord no. one, isn't it? Um, no, it's the warlord. Well, the big the warlord is the biggest one you can purchase. Yes, yeah, I know. Yeah, because there's a bigger yeah, one, yeah. but that'd be like mm-hmm. yeah, there's two bigger ones. All right, yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I said. There's two bigger ones. Um, <laughs> but I, so the, the Warhound is the smallest one, isn't it? Yeah, the Warhound kind um everyone resembles it to a dog. Um, <laughs> it's kind of got a houndish kind of face. Right. Um, I have one of those. Really? But I have the Lucius. Lucius? I think it's a Lucius pattern one, which is more like a... Uh, they call it the jackal head, so it's a bit. It's very much more boxy, rather than like the curved lines on it. Right. I've got one of those. They don't make them anymore now. Um, I, I don't think they were that popular, so, so they stopped making them. So this other one, then this what were it, the re, re, is it a reaver one? Did you say reaver? Yeah. So Reva. is that bigger? That's bigger than the warhound then. 
Yes, it's bigger than a warhound. Cool. It's it's um so you go warhound reaver, mm, warbringer, uh, warlord, warmaster, and then imperator. Cool. So those are the classes I know. So it's and, so it's, it's warhound, then reaver, then reaver, something else, yep. and then warlord. Yes. Oh, so it's like it's pretty big then. It's it's big, yeah. Um, it is, uh, oh, yeah. As I said, it's about a foot and a half. And then he, tall, here's here's me terrified to paint my Silent King model because it's big. <laughs> <laughs> it is about. Um, if you want to take the entire height of the Silent King, like on base and everything, it's probably about double that height. Wow. To be fair, no. I've always wanted to paint. A, well, I want to do a knight. Um, mm. I'd love to paint a knight because it'd just be fun, and I'd love to paint a titan. Um, it's it's one the, of those dreams that I've got is to earn a titan one day and to paint it. Yeah, I mean it's a it's an interesting thing because it hurts your wallet. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Well, I don't need to imagine. Like, I, I, I know how much it costs. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a strange thing because the assembly takes ages. Well, sorry, the cleanup first takes ages and get everything off the gates, and then the assembly take takes ages. You have to do it all in part assemblies, um, and then the painting takes ages, and then you have to stick everything together. And then at the end of it, you've sunk like 200 hours into one model, and it's like, okay. Yeah, like, cool, what's you next? Ca- <laughs> yeah, you kind of start questioning your life choices. You're like, um, what do I do now? Brilliant. So is, so that's that's literally the last thing you've got to build then, and then that's all yeah. your stuff built apart from your Horace Harris's stuff, which you said you're, yes. you're waiting on. That is exactly it. However, I may have stumbled into a deal for May the 4th, uh, which we'll be talking a little bit about later on. Um, so I may, I may have a few more models on the way, but we'll, um, we'll wait and see. I don't know when they're actually arriving. I don't know when these deals land. but um, So I, yeah. I thought that they were on pre-order and that they would arrive yes. after the fact. Oh. But then I know some people that have ordered stuff and it's turned up. So... Yeah, I don't right. Know. Like, because like Bram, Bram ordered his stuff, and then it's a it's part, like most of it's arrived, I think now. Yeah, so it, it was weird that I, I saw that, and I'm I'm scratching my head. I'm I'm basically not getting my hopes up. Uh, it's all being delivered by Asmodi, and if anyone wants to know about Asmodi and delivery and expectations, oh, did you order yours? Basically, have you ordered yours? Where have you ordered yours from? No, no I ordered mine from Firestorm. Oh right, uh, I was gonna hashtag, say. I've got affiliate. Hashtag I've got affiliate link. But um they have obviously as Modi have to deliver to the stores mm-hmm. to do all that and supply that. Um anyone that's got previous history and knowing about Asmodi <laughs> and delivering and just don't hold your breath, okay? Just don't hold your I, breath. I guess it, it's sort of one of those things where if you've ordered a bundle and they've got the stuff in stock already and you were lucky yeah. enough to get your ordering earlier on, then they'll send you stuff mm-hmm. out and they'll Anyone that's sort of yeah. delayed in doing the bundle order will get their stuff when it turns up, I guess. I, I believe that's how they're doing it. It's, uh, it depends on the store I think you're ordering from. I think Firestorm are literally just going to wait until they get their order in, yeah. and then they'll ship it straight back out, regardless of how long it's going to take. That's right. um, it depends on store to store, I guess. So I saw you built your. Um, I saw you built your droids. 
Mm, I did. That, I, I found an efficient way of building them, so I managed to get a lot done in a, quite a rapid amount of time. So I've only built one unit of the droids. Um, they are mm. on my sort of imminent to-do list now that I've sort of got the core of my uh, Age of Sigmar army built and painted, and it's just a case of adding mm-hmm. to that. Um, the Star Wars Legion stuff is the next on my... It's the next big project I've got. Um, I, want to, oh, I, want, cool. I want to clear some of my Necrons off because I've got... Like I've got the Silent King, I've got a a, a, a Ghost Ark, a Doomsday Ark, I've got <laughs> a Command Barge, and I've got like 10 Immortals and some Leech Guard um, that are all sort of sat... I, I haven't got anywhere to put them, so they're sort of sat out on top of some drawers. So I want to get sort of at least some of those done and in the cupboard, in the yeah. cabinet. Um yeah. Before I start on a bigger project, but yeah, my droids are the next big project. Um, I've got nice a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got a lot of them. Um, it's like stuff that I've bought, like brand new, and then stuff that I've got from Murfield. So like some of it's assembled, mm-hmm. some of it's not. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be my next. To me, it was so. It let you into a little behind the scenes secret. I was planning on doing like the entirety of my Star Wars stuff, like all of my droids, the few clones that I've got, um, mm. all the like separatist leaders and all that, so, all, everything that I'd got basically. I was planning on doing it all for one massive video for May the Fourth. Um, right. I've been sounds uh, insane. Yeah. Well, I've been busy, um, and <laughs> like realistically, for that project, I would have had to have started that like probably like a month and a half ago. Um, yeah, if you, if you were me, but like even with you, I think you'd probably take possibly even I, I don't. Well, actually, I no, was going to give I, you if I if I was focused solely on that and not doing anything else, uh, then, uh, then the mythical time of not having other stuff. Yeah, to exactly. Do. <laughs> then I could I could get it, I reckon I could get all the stuff built in a week, like. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's it's doable. Around it so is, that's like, obviously around work and stuff. That's not like a full twenty four hours a day week. That's just you yeah. know, in the evening, couple of hours, get a couple of units built, and then do you know what I mean? I, I could do that. And then it's a case of painting it, but then when you're filming everything, it takes like twice as long, if not more. Yeah. And then there's the edit and stuff and I, and in that meantime I then wouldn't be able to put any other content out. And I already had a massive gap in March where I didn't put anything out. Yeah. Um because I was I was just so busy with other stuff. Um so yeah, it's it's a project for the future. Uh, but this week in terms of what I've been working on, I have done something for May the fourth. I'm not gonna spoil what it is because uh, there's a video coming out. On May the fourth, um, so you'll, cool. have to, you'll have to wait and see for that um, because this podcast will be out before then, and I don't want to spoil the surprise. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that video's coming out May the fourth. I think since the last podcast, I think I've actually had two videos go out. Um, uh, you had your um, shelf. So yeah, paint the, shelf the, paint, and... the paint video went out on Tuesday this week, I think, mm-hmm. or Wednesday. Yep. Tuesday, I think. Um, and then the video before that went out last, uh, was it last Sunday? That was my uh, Drowned Earth board so. build. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, Ben, and Luke yeah. all kind of did a collab thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, had, I've actually been very productive. I've got loads of stuff painted in the meantime. Um, I've been working on my uh, Age of Sigmar orcs. Um, I think <laughs> I mentioned that on the last podcast. I'd got, um, I've basically got a 1,000 points nearly um 
I need to buy another. What do I need to buy now? I think big I, things. In fact, no, I've got a thousand points built and painted now. Um, next on my list to buy is another three units of uh, Manscuba Bolt Boys, so that I can have two okay. two units that are like reinforced twice each. So I would have uh, eighteen <laughs> Manscuba Bolt okay. Boys. Um, okay, because they are disgusting. Um, ah, the beardiness is in play. Yeah, that's horrible. They just dish out a lot of mortal wounds. Um, I really enjoyed Age of Sigmar. I've played quite a few games. Um, I played against Boffnet a lot last weekend, and uh, not last last two weekends ago. Um, and then I've I've played in my local store. Me and Luca planning on having a game. I'm going to show him how to play. He's got some Stormcasts. Um, so yeah, nice. it should be should be good. Nice. I've got. Um, I actually had a game of forty k. I've had a couple of games of forty k since the last podcast with my Tyranids. Nice. And oh my god, are they broken? Oh dear lord! Like so, you're familiar with mortal wounds yep. from Age of Sigma, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, there well, is, I'm familiar there with mortal wounds from forty k. Okay, right. So there is a um, there is a unit which in uh, called a Malceptor in Tyranids, and that unit. Dishes out, not on average, but pretty much guaranteed, every single psychic phase, 12 mortal wounds. That's disgusting. Plus, the effects of smite in any other psychic powers. See, so, stuff like that, stuff like that, like being doing the psychic phase as well, that's especially bad for my Necrons. Um, cause it's, it, it's especially bad for everyone, because no one has that kind of psychic defense. Yeah, well... Even Thousand Sons of Grey Knights. Well, like, my Necrons don't get to do uh, reanimation protocols in against psychic attacks. Um, oh, God. Because it's only against, like, being shot at or, like, attacked in melee. It's dumb count psychic stuff. It's because of how the, the yeah. writing, how, how it's written. They don't get it in the psychic phase. So... Interestingly, as well, the um, I went up against orcs. You think orcs would be kind of relatively good on a psychic defense because of their whole weird mentality, and they they are relatively half decent at defense, and they didn't stand a chance. And it's that unit is getting nerfed to hell very soon. Oh yeah, because <laughs> that cannot stand. <laughs> because Games Workshop's put a codex out. Everyone goes out and buys the really horrible, bad like. Of an amazing <laughs> thing, and then they'll nerf it, and then you'll see them all on eBay for super cheap. Yeah, I know they're on eBay for like a hundred quid right now wow. for some stupid reason. You can buy them from Games Workshop for forty quid. <laughs> You're like, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand why they're on eBay for that much. Brilliant. So yes, yeah, so other than other than my orcs that I, I sort of worked on a bit more since the last podcast, I did added a few more Bolt Boys to them. Uh, other than that, I've been painting uh, the thing for my May the Fourth video, um, mm-hmm. and then on on this week's live stream, I painted uh, I painted a tiny dog. Um, oh. It's from the uh, Animal Adventures. It's like a beginner's RPG game. Um, it's like fifth edition rules, but like quite fairly simplified um, from Steamforge Games. Um, yeah, I bought it Wendy for for birthday or Christmas, and it comes with a few. It's all uh, dogs and cats, um, and I fancied painting something a bit different. So it's a little bit smaller scale because they're like D and D scale models. Um, so it was a little bit smaller, a little bit uh, different to paint. Um, but yeah, painted that. I think, and it, I just get it based. Um, I think I've got some of those models somewhere. I, I think I, I went in on a. I think I went in on a Kickstarter for the first one. They yeah, they were talking about the dogs that are like 
rogues, wizards, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I've got some of those lying around somewhere. Yeah, well, I'll just but, I'll pick yeah. one of the dogs. I've got the expansion set that's got, like, I think it's got, like, six different cats in it, different classes. Nice. Uh, which I'm going to get done at some point. But, uh, yeah, just something a bit different. That's pretty much all I've been working on uh, this week. Nice. We've, nice, nice, nice. We've been going for, like, 16 and a half, 17 minutes now. Um, <laughs> well, we haven't is, even got to the main which topic. Which is probably, like, the longest, <laughs> the longest rambling intro that we've ever done. Um yeah. But it's, We've it's, been busy. We have been busy. We've only spoke to each other a couple of times. Normally we speak to each other sort of a couple of times a week. Um, yeah, yeah, at least that. But uh, yeah, yeah, we've just, not we've, really had much of a chance. No, we've, we've been a bit busy, so it's been nice to have a bit of a, a catch-up. But yeah. we should get on to the main topic for this week. Now, uh, so this week's topic is is your idea. Uh, it's my idea. So like we, t- yeah. we, t- we tend to sort of alternate between us. So this, this week it's your... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's your suggestion for the main topic. So I'll let you introduce it and uh, explain okay. what we're going to be talking about. Okie dokie. So in this week's main topic, we're going to talk about inspiration for your hobby. And this is a this is a broad subject, but I wanted to talk about some positive ways of inspiring yourself or finding inspiration for your hobby, whether it be gaming, whether it be actual uh, hobby as in modeling or painting um, and various different things like that. So uh, I've got a couple of ideas on tips and tricks that you can do for finding inspiration if you're ever stuck in a bit of a dead end you've hit that mental block or that that uh, creative block and you're just up against the wall and you you really don't know what to do there are some things i think that people can do and i want to share them with you and we'll have a bit of a discussion about other things that other people or pickle may have done in the past about finding inspiration for their hobby so, uh, inspiration with your hobby. Pickle, where do you find your inspiration for your hobby? Um, well, it's kind of a difficult question to answer. <coughs> so, like, a lot of the time... Um, I sp- so, I'm going to answer this question in two different ways. Um, there's, okay. there's me answering from a hobbyist's point of view. Sure. And then yep. there'll be me answering from a content creator point of view. Okay. Because I think it's important to note that those are often, like sometimes there'll be overlap, but a lot of the time there'll be very different uh, reasons for why I'm doing something. Um, Mm -hmm. So first off, like from the hobby point of view, um, I get inspired by looking at other people's stuff, um, like Mm -hmm. scrolling through Instagram, uh, seeing someone that's painted like a unit of, whatever, like leech guard or something that I've got sat waiting to paint and I'll see it painted and I'm like, oh, that was really nice. I should get mine painted. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need mean that I'm inspired and I'm going to use the same colour scheme or something, but sometimes just seeing other people painting stuff that I have that I need to paint makes me yeah. want to paint it. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I'm sort of like, oh, I want to get mine done. Um so that's kind of one of the ways. Sometimes it's stuff like um, if I'm out and about or if I see something else or I see like a nice colour combination, I think, oh, that might look quite nice for a, an army colour scheme or something like that. That's what happened with my orcs uh, for Age of Sigmar. Yep. Um, I saw, what I was watching, I was watching like some 80s thing um, and, and like the, the colours that were used and stuff. And I'm like, oh, 
you know what? They they actually work really well together. I wonder if they'd work, and and that's what I've ended up painting my my orcs is that's nice. it's, it's very sort of eighties like you know the sort of pale blue, uh, orange purple. Um, yeah, it's it's almost Retro. like yeah, it's almost like the the carpet that you used to get in cinemas. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember those. So yeah, um, so sometimes it's stuff like that. Um, now. I also get stuff like I don't want to just give all my answers because I think like we should probably do a bit of a back and forth. But um, <laughs> from like a content creator's point of view, um, just just briefly, like sometimes I'll be wanting to do something, but like just painting, you know, if I've got like you know a few space marines to paint or some necrons to paint, it's sort of like, well, can I do a video on this? And then it's sort of like, well, what is the video about? Because if it's just about me painting some models and that's it, then it's not really worth me doing a video on it because, you know, there's hundreds of those sorts of videos out there. Like, if it's, like, Uh a really easy way to do a particular colour scheme or a particular technique, then maybe there's some value in it. Um, If it's, you know... but So a lot of the time with uh, content creation is sort of finding finding a story to tell that's not just, here's me painting a model. Um, So sometimes the choices of... uh, projects that I do and you know that I'm, I'm inspired to do come about because of a video idea and not necessarily mm. because of um like something else that I've seen or or been inspired by sort of thing so it's sure it's a it's yeah, a weird it's, one. It's, it's a motivation for ins- or a motivation which generates inspiration yeah that's probably the best way to yeah. put it yeah um, yeah so what, yeah. what about you how do you like where do you sort of get your ideas from and Get inspired. So, the, <laughs> so this is an interesting thing because um, quite rightly, as you said, though, there are different mindsets which generate different kinds of inspiration, effectively. Um, and I want to uh, uh, just touch on another element which is probably quite a, a prominent one is actually the gaming side of things as well. Mm-hmm. Um a unit that's good, a unit that you want in your army, that will kind of force inspiration or at least motivation to get something done. Now, when it comes to um, how you start or how inspiration is generated, I don't, I don't always think it's intentional. Uh, I think it's very much a case of a lot of the times it will just happen. Uh, you are walking along, you see something, that idea pops into your head and it instantly fires off inspiration. Now, that could be from looking on Instagram, as you said, uh, looking at those uh, other people's work. I, I find it in... Well, I, I force inspiration sometimes by looking at things outside of the hobby to kind of create a parallel with the hobby. Yeah. Um, and the most common thing is one of my most recent videos where I combined Xenomorphs from Aliens with the Tyranids. And uh, I'd always wanted to go back to doing a Tyranid army. I love Tyranids. I love just that monster vibe for a thing. And I really wanted an army. And the idea of making them into Xenomorphs was kind of always a parallel which always ran side by side. And I was like, like you, look, you watch Alien... And sometimes you just force yourself to watch the movies and just think, God, it would be cool to have an entire army of those. (laughs) And 
I kind of forced myself into thinking, right, I, I've got to try and do a Xenomorph Tyranid army because this is just, uh, it's just something, I, it was like a forced inspiration, which I had to had to do. Um, the problem is why it wasn't done sooner is the technology wasn't available to pull it off. Ever since the, the world of 3D printing's come into play, though, stuff like a Tyranid Xenomorph army is far more achievable. And I think... This also leans into inspiration as well, is what is available at that any given time? What What is actually possible to do that? Um, so, for example, I want to point out a channel, Essex Boys, um, friend, of the, friend of ours for a long time now, and he does orc scrap builds. And I would say a lot of the time, he is just using junk. And it's probably what's available to him. And he makes these amazing creations. And he's not the only one. There are tons of Orc players which just make vehicles or uh, death machines just out of junk. And they get their inspiration from that junk to make cool-looking vehicle junk, um, which is amazing. So this inspiration from the uh, inspiration for the hobby does come from multiple places, and I wouldn't necessarily I have one particular one. Uh, I do try and force myself as a new point of, um, a way of being when I'm starting a new project is to look at something outside the hobby. That This is kind of my new default kind of scenario. Yeah. So if I'm stuck on a color scene, scene, color scene, color scheme, uh, <laughs> I don't know what a color scheme is, something that's tied together and sewn together with a nice color. Um, <clears throat> I try and force myself to find something outside of the wargaming environment that my brain will recognize. Um, the most common thing are either something in sci-fi or fantasy or something in nature um, because, weirdly enough, your brain relates to it and it instantly triggers off a kind of um, like a receptacle or a natural instinctive reaction towards it if it's relatable. It's like, it's like a weird thing. I've delved into my brain a bit too much on this one. So everyone just bear with me while I <laughs> unravel this mystery of chaos that's going on. Is when you see it, and as I said, if you've recognized it from nature, you get the visceral reaction of whatever it was. So, for example, if you've taken your colors from flowers, for example, uh, if you've seen those flowers, like a rose red, you know that those relate to roses. So it could inspire either lust or passion or anger. And all of those things are related to a uh, visceral reaction towards a color so again deep diving into your brain your brain sees colors and it does instant things so i like to think taking something outside of the wargaming taking something from nature or something that i've seen in a movie and dropping that into wargaming instantly gives me an edge over everything else because people see it and they go oh that's like that yeah and it that's kind of my new default. Um, and it's not the way everyone should do it. Um, I, I would say if you're struggling for inspiration, give it a try. It's quite handy. It's uh, as, as you found out with your orcs 
probably watch some kind of 80s retro movie or something like that, I'm assuming. Yeah, so and I then... what it was I was watching. Um, I don't even think it was anything that I was watching like on purpose. It was just sort of something in no. the background. Um, and it was just it was just the colours. And you know, we just have that sort of like, like a moment of clarity. Sort of like, yeah. oh. oh, good. And, and oh the, cool. I think that has sort of been, I've been trying to pick these orcs for like, well, since Dominion came out. Um, mm-hmm. and I've just not been able to settle on a colour scheme for them um, and I wasn't <laughs> actively looking for one because by this point I'd sort of like not given up but I was sort of like do you know what I'll just it, when I find a colour scheme I'll know um, yeah and uh, I was watching something I was sort of like ah, they, that might actually work and I, I did have to tweak it a little bit like I did an initial four that I painted and tested and they looked alright yeah. but then I tweaked it a little bit for the rest of them um, but yeah, I'm happy with how they look. Yeah, it just it just came out of nowhere. I wasn't particularly looking for it. I just sort of saw some colours together and thought that looks quite nice. <laughs> and and his his um and, and to kind of divert a little bit away from the colour side of things as well. Um, he's if you're stuck in a rut with like a game system as well, and you need a break, you need something different. Look for the other games, and they trigger inspiration just from either nostalgic effect or something you recognize. So, for example, good old May the 4th is just around the corner, <laughs> and uh, everyone's a bit Star Wars happy right now, which is fine. It's great. Uh, as as we discussed at the beginning, we're, we're doing our Star Wars things. Um, if, if, for example, you're getting a little bit tired of 40K or Age of Sigma or your Games Workshop in general, have a look at some of the Star Wars games. That you don't have to be committed to it, but you could just start it up and you go, "Oh, cool! Oh, this is complete because it is a completely different mindset." Um, for example, if you're starting a brand new game system, you have no idea what the meta is. You just roll with it. Yeah. Uh, so play for, it, you go, I want to get these because they look cool. Let's do it. Exactly, and I've got all of that is happening with Marvel Crisis Protocol with me because it it's just cool. I'm not even too fussed about the game, but like I've still massively never in the game. <laughs> I I have a couple of times. A little bit. It's it's a little bit confusing. Um, you can throw people, which is a weird mechanic. Yeah, you can throw um, buildings, can't you? As well. Y- yeah, if you're Thor, you can throw a building, which is just like really. It's yeah. You just get kaplowed by buildings, and yeah, it, it is ca- it is chaos. Um, but. Yeah, the, so for example, in that, I, I'm full on, every time I look at Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff, I'm like nostalgic overload, because I'm like, <gasps> the like 90s X-Men cartoon show just kicks straight back into life with me. Yeah. Uh, so again, that fires off inspiration, because I don't, with that, I don't even really need inspiration. I'm motivated just off of the, the nostalgia inspiration, if you will. Yeah. So, um. What what I'm trying to allude to is basically if you're stuck in a rut, look somewhere else. Um, I don't, a lot of people like power through and they push into the block and they try and deal with something. Um, if you if you're having tr- trouble with a color scheme, look somewhere else. If you're having trouble with like a designer stag, look somewhere else. Um, go for a walk even because. Nature provides a hell of a lot of stuff on its own right. Yeah, I mean, and... I, I I did like a video pretty much on that a while back. Um, mm. Right, I was 
I'd just got out. <coughs> I think I'd just got out. I'd gone out for a walk to, to sort of get some fresh air and just sort of reset a bit. I was on a, a little mm-hmm. bit of a a hobby, not drought, but I was sort of like, I don't really know what to do. Like I'd not got any motivation to paint anything in particular. Um, so I'd gone out uh, for a bit of a walk to there's like some woods near, but near where I live. And I'd see all the colours and stuff, like like nice, because it was just been the height of summer, so like nice, vivid, bright greens, um, <laughs> stuff like that, and like lots of natural colours. Um, and while I was out, I like, made some notes. I was like, I want to paint some orcs or something, because um, mm-hmm. like the colours that I'd seen. Uh, and then when I got when I got back, I'd had a, a delivery of my uh, warp Kickstarter uh, <laughs> backing had, had turned up. Um, so I. Uh, I painted some of them, and yeah, I sort of tried to emulate some of the colours that I'd seen and stuff, and that was that was a, a, a bizarre uh, weekend of like I'd not gone out specifically like for anything, but while I was out, I sort of felt like oh, these colours are really cool, like, and I want to try and replicate them somehow. Mm-hmm. And and the, well, it's an interesting thing when um, when it comes to orcs as well, specifically. Um, a little while back, I I shared a little tip out with the world i didn't put a video out on it i really do need to do a video on it is um about painting orc skin Mm -hmm. and how to make it look realistic and like this this was like a weird thing that it seemed to blow a lot of people's minds was just i was like just just add normal human flesh tones to it and they were like what i was like add normal flesh tones to like the green and create highlights off of that and everyone lost their minds because it. what happens is it triggers an instinctive reaction in your brain to go, oh, I recognize that color. Yeah. They look really cool. Yeah. And there's no logical reason, if apart from that one thing, there's no logical reason why it looks better. Apart from go, that looks a bit more like a human. I can relate to that. And therefore, that orc looks better, which is weird. Uh, it, and it's a, a strange thing, but yeah. If anything, just look around for inspiration. Um, don't try and force it, I think, is what I'm trying to allude to. Um, yeah. I, it's weird. I, I thought I had a lot more to say, but I think I've just put the nail in the coffin on the conversation. And I was like, oh, that was all that was rocking around in my brain. Um, I mean, it's, one, yeah, of them, it's it, one of those topics that's kind of... It's kind of really easy to answer, but then at the same time, there's mm-hmm. like a million different answers because everyone will have a different answer and a different place where they get inspiration from for projects and right? stuff. And then, because uh, it's like, like I mean, from my answers, I've pretty much just talked about painting, as in like like colour schemes yeah. and stuff like that. Whereas like you've talked about mm-hmm. like the modelling of, of the models themselves, like with, with the 3D printed uh, Xenomorph heads and stuff. And other people, like, you know, will get inspiration for kit bashes and it'll be from something in the lore or, you know, like, uh, and we'll touch on this a little bit later on, but like a cool character they've read in a book and they're then going, mm-hmm. I wonder if I can make that character and like. Yeah, like, right. So, stuff like that. Um, so the, the, it's like, there is literally an infinite amount of places to get inspiration from. Um, and it's mm-hmm. just a case of. Sometimes it's emulating something and trying to recreate something. Sometimes it's taking something and then applying that in a different medium, like me with the, yeah. the colours that I, I saw and, and using that to paint models. Um, 
sometimes it's an idea of combining things like you did with your xenomorph and, and Tim mm-hmm. and Army. And sometimes mm-hmm. you, you'll not even be aware of where you've got the inspiration from because it'll, it'll be something that you've seen, but you've not like actively taken note of. But it's, yeah. it's there like in the back of your mind. And then later on, when you go to do some painting or where you go to build something, you'll it's sort of you'll be doing it without even realizing that you're doing it. So it's yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the things that maybe sort of realizes be slightly conscious of what you're doing and to feel like if you're watching a movie and you're really enjoying it, maybe take a second to realize why you're enjoying it and then see if any of that can be taken away and put into something. So if you're really into Marvel stuff, be like, well, what can I do that's related to Marvel? Quick, can I make all of my guys look like Spider-Man? It's like, it's, be, stuff like that is, yeah, it's, 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 Looking at things in a different way, like I mean, for, this isn't well, it is sort of hobby related um, for me. But like how I watch films now is, I'll generally watch a film, and then I'll go back and I will watch how it's shot and like yeah. make mental notes of like the camera work and the like different like positioning and framing of stuff because that because I'm getting more and more into filming like now that that's what i'm doing like with luke i'm filming his videos trying to put a bit more effort into filming mine um and watching films tv shows documentaries all this sort of stuff and looking at how they're filmed like i've always enjoyed watching like behind the scenes stuff like i love lord of the rings but Mm -hmm. i infinitely like the like nine or 13 or whatever how many hours it is of behind the scenes stuff like the making of (laughs) The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like, it's looking at that sort of stuff, especially now where I'm applying that knowledge as well, rather than just watching it for fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's um, getting inspired from stuff like that. Like, there's some, like, even if it's just, like, how I'm filming stuff, getting inspired by how other stuff shot and filmed. And, like, sometimes I go, right, I want to film this video and I want to film it like, I don't know, whatever film or whatever TV show and, and have a go at that. Mm. Um, yeah yeah and it, it's um, it's it's really interesting as well because you can see quite definitively in a lot of content creators their inspiration so uh, for example Michael from that one videos he's big into like Skyrim and Lord of the Rings and you can see that um, pretty evidently in his content likewise Ben from Benji's Hobbies he's kind of uh, Lord of the Rings but he's not predominantly focused Lord of the Rings. Obviously, he does a lot of other content as well. Mm-hmm. And you can you can obviously get inspiration from other people. Like, if you're watching uh, the YouTubers and they do a trick, um, or they do a technique or a color scheme, you really like it, obviously, you're welcome to copy it. Um, if I were to give any advice on that particular side of things, I would probably say, take a second... And see how you can put your own spin on it because making it unique in your own is just something beautiful. But, um, yeah, obviously, as you say, it's kind of easy to answer and it's kind of not easy to answer. Um, Inspiration will come when it comes a lot of the times, but you can do certain things to kind of push it and make it happen. 
regardless of where you are or what you're doing you could you can do certain things to trigger inspiration um i basically say try and avoid routine uh if you if you if if you, if you really desperately want to keep on routine just take a slightly different look at it um which kind of breaks routine anyway yeah. uh yeah if you want inspiration break your routine that's that's going to be my statement for this video. Yeah, break I mean, your routine. I guess that's the um, easiest way to sort of summarize it. Really, is if you're stuck doing the same things over and over again, then you're not going to see anything new. And if you don't see anything <laughs> new or do anything new, you're not going to then get that sort of jolt or burst of like, oh, well, what about if I do this? Whereas if you <laughs> push yourself, try new things, do something different. Um, it will give you that. It'll give you different input, which you can then process and use however you want to. And we we all love inputting. Yeah, always. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I think that's the end of the main topic. Um, I I think that about does we, it. Which are we are we which one are we doing? Are we doing are we do are we do we are we doing the best one or are we doing book club first? We're doing the best one because we're going to go from yeah. uh, we're going to go from inspirational input. To food. To input. Input. <laughs> input. In my mouth. Input. Uh, so this is the section of the show. This is Snack Attack, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we take uh, either, uh, something that we've come up with, or more often than not at the moment, user suggested, user suggested? Viewer slash listener suggested uh, foods yep. and drinks. User. User, yes. They're a user of Wargamer Anonymous. Yes. <laughs> um, that makes it sound like we're a drug. <laughs> it does. It does. We are potentially... Only take us in moderation. Yeah, we're just a gateway take, drug. Um, yeah, just <laughs> only only take us in moderation. Um, so, yeah, we... That's a weird um, We... <laughs> <laughs> we take uh, suggested uh, snacks and drinks and foods that you would eat uh, or potentially eat while you are uh, enjoying your favourite wargaming war games, tabletop games. Um, so what, whatever you're doing and pleasing yourself and <laughs> taking input from us. So this week uh, we are trying, uh, these are being suggested by uh, Gina Doherty. G- Doherty, because I love saying it. Yep. Doherty, because I love saying it that way. Uh, who is an absolutely amazing supporter of myself and Elson's channel and of Wargames. Yeah. So thank you very much for yeah. the suggestion, Gina. Uh, so we are yeah, trying the uh, Tangy Worms. Uh, they are a gluten-free plant-based sweet from, from. Uh, Jealous Sweets. So you haven't tried these yet, have I've you? not tried them yet. No, I ordered three bags. Oh. Um, and Wendy's had some, or all of her bag, I don't know. Uh, I've got two no, bags. No, I'm already sat. eating them. Uh, oh, but you're already eating Right, okay. Uh, well, while you're eating, <laughs> uh, so I've got, I'm assuming we've got the same one. So I've got apple and lemon, strawberry and orange. Uh, yeah, that's the ones. Yeah. yeah, they come in, they're different combos. Like, it's kind of like a random combo. So you might get orange and strawberry, you might get apple and orange. Uh, so yeah, I'm just reading a, a bit. bit on the back of the packet then. It says, uh, At Jealous Sweets, we make shamelessly tasty sweets set up by two mates to bring some fun back to the everyday. Our junk-free sweets are made for everyone to enjoy. We're obsessed with giving you the best, which is why we make our sweets without fakery or fluffy animals, so you can <laughs> treat yourselves better. So these are um, gluten-free, plant-based, so I believe that these are vegan-friendly. Possibly, possibly vegan-friendly. I'm trying to friendly. find I would... a thing that says that they are. But I, I can't assume... see 
Yeah. Oh yeah, it says there. Though the vegetarian, yeah, vegetarian and vegan friendly. Um, oh, okay. So if you are a vegetarian or vegan, then these are okay to eat, which is quite nice, I guess, because um, most sort of gelatin, most sweets are like gelatin based. Um, yep. Which is obviously these are really good. No, right. I'm going to open the packet now. Here we go. Listen to this. Oh, huh. it's, uh, that was me opening <laughs> the packet. Um, what they smell? Oh, mate. They smell you nice. Wait, you're in for a right, treat. Let's let's try some. Okay. You need to talk for a bit while I'm while I'm trying them. Okay. Oh, I want to hear your reaction. Mm. Oh, these mm. are sour. Mm. Not All like right. not like super sour, but like ooh. No, no, no. But they're a nice texture. They're mm. not like normal like jelly sweets. They're kind of they're kind of crush. They don't. They're not overly sticky. Yeah. Which is quite nice. Uh, and they kind of chew quite nicely. Um, I I absolutely love these things. They are so cool. Mm. How are you feeling so far? Oh, they're nice. Well, I know, right? Oh. <laughs> uh, the, prob- the problem is you keep on eating them. You're like, I, I don't know when to stop. Yeah. Oh, they are nice. Uh, and they don't leave. And Sometimes when you eat mm. like... Um, like sour sweets, like if I eat like tang plastics or something, mm-hmm. they kind of leave like a weird, not aftertaste so much, but like mm-hmm. they leave like I something. Know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These don't seem mm-hmm. to do that. I mean, I've only had like mm. a handful, so they are like oddly refreshing sweets. Yeah, they're really weird. Um, really nice though, like really good. Um, yeah. So, what, what flavors have you had so far? Uh, all of them, I think. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't know. I've not been looking. Uh, I've just been oh, grabbing just them into your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been shoving them in my face. <laughs> I think I must have had some of something of, of all of them. There's only two different ones because, okay. like, they're in like duos, aren't they? Like the half and half. Like each worm yeah, is I half and half. Were, I, th- I thought there was. Um... I thought I had ones which were just strawberry. No, there's 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 apple and lemon is like one. If you look on the front of the packet, you can see it's like green and yellow, mm. and then there's red and orange, which is the strawberry. No, I've got an orange and yellow. Oh, right. Okay. I've got. What's others here? I swear I, I've had just like a uh, a strawberry one before. I might or be wrong. Possibly then. an orange. Maybe one. it's just a malformed one. I don't know. It, yeah, either that or they just like something went wrong when they made it. I don't know, but yeah. Well, they're very nice. Um, I don't know. All right, rating. Yes, rating. What are you so, thinking? On, uh, on this section, we rate them. Uh, we started, uh, as of last week, with the new uh, sort of sub-ratings that we give them as well. So we have mm-hmm. the finger residue... Uh, oh, uh, oh, was it contamination? Was that what we used? It's finger residue, uh, mm-hmm. oil index... Decks, yeah, and the uh, uh, weight to chew ratio, weight. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are the, so, are the things that we rate them on? Um, and then we give so an overall score weight, at the end. Weight to chew ratio, then starting off, what do you think? I reckon it's good. I think, well, you the, the bag is fairly like, not heavy, but like you can tell that there's like a decent amount of stuff in here, and you're like looking in the bag, like you do get a decent amount of sweets in there. Um, in terms of like chew, like they only take like a couple of chews really, and then 
the, you, the yeah, gum. You could chew them. You could chew them for longer. Um, <laughs> you could chew them for longer. I, yeah, you could chew them for longer, but you'd, you'd be weird. Um, I I I think it's I think it's a nice I think it's a really nice ratio. It's, you're not sitting there chewing for too long. Um, they probably degrade a bit quicker, but I kind of like that because the other jelly sweets kind of get stuck in your teeth. Yeah, it becomes yeah. a real pain. These don't, which I'm really, really, I, I really, I really like these. I'm, I, I, everyone, just a heads up in advance. I, I tried these a few weeks ago when they got when, when we got told about. It, I ordered them. We got three packets, and I went through the first two. And I was like, Pickle, have you tried these yet? They're amazing. He's like, no, I'm waiting for the show. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll wait three weeks so and try the next. I've just I've just put I've just eaten one and it took me right. sixteen chews before it wasn't really chewable anymore. <laughs> and it was, you counted how many chews? Yeah. So that, I think that's quite good. Like I think I don't think that's bad. Because I think, yeah, they, I, I really think good. they say you're supposed to chew stuff like twenty times. Yeah, to get like actual digestion properties yeah, yeah. going and so, like, like actually lose weight apparently. So I, I chewed one one of these and realistically you'd probably have like a couple of these at a time because they're only they're only on the smaller side. Um, oh. So I chewed one and it, it took me sixteen chews. So on the uh, weight to chew ratio, I'm probably going to rate this yeah fairly high. I think I'm going to rate it an eight. I got a twenty-one. You got a Choose. must have a smaller mouth than me then. I do have a smaller mouth. I'm a smaller man than you. I don't, I don't understand how that relates to how much chewing you need to do. <laughs> um, so, so what are you gonna what are you gonna give them for the weight to chew? Uh, I, I, uh, I, I, the, I'm probably going to go with eight. I want to go nine. I want to go nine. I really, I, I like these. Like, I, I like everything about them. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll go eight though because they're they're not the biggest. Uh, I mean, like because jerky, you get a lot more chews out of the weight that you get, don't you? Yeah. Um, whereas these less so. Um, or like if you went to bubblegum level where you chewing for days, um, yeah. So I'll go with eight. Like yeah, it's a it's a solid eight, possibly a nine, but I'll go with eight as a solid eight. Cool. Uh, what about the uh, go on uh, finger residue contamination? So for me, uh, this is going to rate really high because I have had zero contamination on my fingers from these. Yeah, I mean, you get a, maybe a minuscule, a little bit amount of the like sugar coating or whatever it is that's on it. Min, I'm talking minuscule. Nothing compared to like what uh, uh, Haribo is much worse. Yeah, than, Tang Fastics are tang- like yeah, they're they're pretty bad. Hmm. Um, you do get a little bit though, because I literally just don't wipe some off. Um, I'm going to say six, possibly a seven, but um, no, let's go with seven. Actually, they're pretty. They're pretty good. Actually, I'm, again, I'm going to go with an eight uh, for, oh, okay. for finger residue contamination. These are um, these are very very nice and not having to wipe really wipe my hands at all. Although I, I am noticing, I'm looking at my fingers and they are kind of shiny afterwards. So I'm wondering if that is another kind of contamination, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll go with seven. Okay, okay. And then the last one okay. is the oil index. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I mean, this was the oil index was mainly designed for dealing with crisps, really, wasn't it? To, like well, when they're other, really other, oily. Other things it? can be oily, like Haribo can be oily. Yeah, true, true. I mean, um, I, I don't find these things that oily. They're no. not giving me the aftertaste of um, like what a lot of Haribo do, where it kind of it leaves you feeling quite ill. After like eating a lot of them, if that makes sense, yeah, yeah, like you just you just don't feel well. These, I'm not really getting that, so I'm going to go with a solid eight. Mm-hmm. What was your weight to chew ratio again? Was it um, eight. eight, eight to almost nine. Yeah. Okay. So oil index, you're going to go with eight, eight again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for oil index, I th- yeah, I think I'm going to go with eight. Um, I'm not really noticing any. Um, I mean, I've only had a few. Um, mm-hmm. I've had, I've eaten less than half a bag. Um, and like, yeah. normally, if I was eating this sort of stuff, I would eat like a full. Like, I would eat the full bag. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Um, oh, I found a full strawberry. A full strawberry. There's a full strawberry one. There you go. Um, so yeah, they do come in different. So. Um, right. So overall scores then. Um, these are I, these go- are very nice. Like, I'm yeah. I'm always a bit dubious um, with like um, sort of veg- vegetarian stuff and vegan stuff. Like, not for mm-hmm. any reason, but I've tried like substitute meat stuff in the past, and it's always just mm-hmm. been a little bit like a little bit not right. Um, yeah, for me personally, like if you eat it, that's fine. Um, so mm-hmm. like anything like this, I'm always a little bit sort of like, mm, if like, is it like, because I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian, like I can just eat whatever, um, and it's sort of like, sure. well, if I was gonna go that way, then I guess I'd rather have something than nothing. But yeah, I don't, so I can just eat the real thing. But I have to say, mm-hmm. I actually prefer <laughs> these to Haribo. Yeah. Right, right. Um, they, they are they are very nice um, in terms of flavour. In terms of like all the stuff that we mentioned, like there's no, there doesn't seem to be any sort of nasty aftertaste. There's no sort of like oiliness to them or anything like that. Um, price wise, I can't remember how much they were, but I got three bags. They were like they were like five or six quid, I think. I think that was the same as what I got. Yeah. So, so that's that was off Amazon, and that was then mm. delivered. Um, so, so maybe a li- about, yeah, like maybe yeah, a little bit more pricey. Yeah, a little but, bit more pricey, but but not massively. No, more. We, like a bag of Haribo's costing you a quid. These are probably costing you one sixty. Yeah, something like that. Um, so I think I think overall, I mean, I think I'm gonna have to rate them like. I've got an 8 out of 10 for all the individual scores, so I think I'm probably going to have to just go with an 8 out of 10 overall. Um, I, I, I'm going with a 9. You're going to go with a 9? Yeah, I really like these. I think these are good wargaming. Like, because the other thing which I didn't really allude to, well, I, I did kind of allude to it a bit, was you don't feel that bad after eating these. No. It's... Yeah, with the Haribo stuff, if you eat a lot, you can feel sick afterwards. Yeah. It's just like kids, trust me, when you get older and adult, after eating a whole bag of Haribo, you don't feel that great anymore. I know as a kid, it's phenomenal, but when you're an adult, nah, not so much. 
These, I don't get that, which makes them amazing. It's like adult jelly sweets. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. There's not much more to say than that, so I'm going with a nine. Yeah. Do you know what? I think I might join you there at a nine, because okay. as, as a war game, because all the individual scores, I guess, are for the, the different things. The flavor's mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Texture's nice. Mm-hmm. The price isn't mm-hmm. that bad. Um, mm-hmm. They are... Yeah, they don't make you feel rubbish afterwards. There's no sort of like... They don't make your teeth feel weird. Um, no. Nope. They are just a very nice sweet. See, I'm going to join you that. Nine out of ten. Um, and, yeah. And, like, I know that you probably would eat the entire packet, but they come with like a sort of... Re- a, a resealable, resealable pack. Yeah, a resealable pack. So if you mm. don't finish it, you can just mm. seal it up. And like Haribo, you always feel like you have to finish them because they, they're just open. Um <laughs> But with these being resealable, that's that's quite nice. So yeah, nine out of ten. Yeah. Uh, tangy worms yeah. from Jealous Sweets would recommend. Yeah, everyone go get some. They're amazing. Uh, and that brings us on to the last section of the show, which is story time, uh, which is Yay. where we talk about books uh, or comics or graphic novels or whatever. Not menus. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this week we are going to briefly. No spoilers, or not many spoilers, but we're going to briefly <laughs> talk to. about um, in another Necron book. Now, yay! I think you talked about um, the first one of these, Twice Dead King Ruin. Ruin. You talked about Ruin. I think that was in the first book club. Um, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and then this is the second one. So this is Twice Dead King Rain, um, <gasps> which I literally finished this morning. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask if you finished it or not. Yep, I finished it this morning. I was going to finish it last night, and then we ended up watching a couple of episodes of Glee, and then I was tired, and I went to bed. I was going to read in bed, <laughs> um, but I knew that I'd be able to finish it this morning. I only had, like, I think I had, like, three or four chapters. Uh, so <laughs> I've been reading more in the morning. It's nice to get up with a coffee and just sit and read rather than looking at screens. Um, so that's yeah. what I've been doing most of my reading recently. Uh, so, yeah, I finished it this morning, and I have to say... As much as I enjoyed the first one, I think mm. I enjoyed this one even more. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. It's, uh, I find this book a lot more frustrating, I think is the, <laughs> the, the kind of uh, the term or phrase I'm going to use with it um, because it's it seems to follow Altics and him making a lot of bad decisions and he doesn't actually know what he's doing majority of the time. <laughs> yeah, but, like, right, so, right, here's here's the spoiler warning for everyone. We are going to talk mm. spoilers on this book because we can't really discuss it without talking spoilers. So if you... Yeah, to right, be fair. Ba- basic recommendations, if you want to read this book, go and read it, and then come back and listen to what we have to sp- talk about. We're not doing, like, a full show on it, but we're going to talk about it for <laughs> a little bit. Um, so if you if you want to read it without it being spoiled, tune out now. Um, and I guess try and tune back in a little bit later and see if we stop talking about it. But <laughs> after sixteen hours of a book or something. Um, but um, that's it. That's your spoiler warning. So we are now free to talk about the book. Spoilers. So Yay. I think I think that the like him like making all those bad decisions and stuff. It was very frustrating all the way through. I was sort of like, <laughs> why is he so bad at doing this? Like. 
<laughs> he, he's supposed to, like, I don't understand, like, but then, like, the reveal at the end that he has mm-hmm. been uh, suffering from the curse, just not in, yeah. not in an obvious way to himself, but everybody else knew, apparently. Yeah, like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> for the entirety of it, uh-huh. it's sort of like, oh, well, that makes sense why he's, like, not, yeah, you know. Not quite right in yeah. the head. Because he, like, throughout the book, he has, like, weird momentary flashes and, like, weird moments where he gets stupid thoughts in his head and all kinds of strange things. And it's all a bit like, eh? It's, I, you kind of think, oh, he's, he's having, a, like, a nervous breakdown or something like that. And it's not. He's he's actually got the flare curse. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> like, from time to time, it's like someone dies. He looks at the blood he's like, Oddly, I stared at that for far too long and then carries on with what he was doing. See, I I kind of suspected that that's where it was going um, early on. Like when he he kept getting like the, that sort of, he described it as like a phantom that kept appearing to him. Um, Yeah. yeah. And stuff. And the way it was described, I was like, that's just, surely that's him. But like from hmm. like uh, uh, that's what he's going to end up being like because the, and the then bone when, king yeah yeah and then when he hmm. has like the fight and he loses his eye I'm like well he's only got one eye now and that that thing's only got one eye and like just the way and then like I think it's like two or three chapters from the end and like it literally ends with like him like killing a dreadnought and like murdering the pilot inside and the pilot tries to bite him so then and then it just, the chapter just ends with him trying to bite it back and I'm like oh there it is right. there he goes yeah there it goes he's gone he's gone so, and yeah um, yeah it, I really enjoyed it, it. yeah I, I really like a lot of the other characters get a lot more kind of airtime in this one mm-hmm. and uh, it really make you um like them a lot so a couple of characters are like like cycle yeah um he's he's awesome and zoltanek i love zoltanek he's such a funny person it's he's just the way he kind of talks about himself in the third person a lot of the time it's like does zoltanek think you're going to betray me Yes, Zoltanek does. I, it's I like to like imagine. Weird I, it's talk. funny that you imagine his voice in like the same sort of way, though. Like that's that's what it comes out on the audio book. Oh right, see, I haven't listened to the audio book. If if you listen to the audio book, it comes out like that as well. It's like, does Zoltanek do this? Yes, Zoltanek does, and it's it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more than the first book because like the first book, it's. Although it is like it is a big story, it is a very sort of personal story. Um, mm-hmm. In in as much as it's it's Altic's sort of coming coming to terms with the fact that he's sort of made up his own memories for the last like three hundred years while he's been isolated, and yeah. um, when he comes to sort of face the truths and and realize that actually it wasn't quite how he remembered it, sort of thing, and then having to deal with deal with the, the imminent threat of of the uh, the crusade that was coming. Yeah. Uh, it was a very sort of personal story, like his sort of um, redemption almost. Um, yep, yep, yep. Whereas this one is, so it's it's all um, <clears throat> based around Altics. Um, it <laughs> is his story still. Like it's not like there's ever any chapter. It's not like Game of Thrones where you'll get a chapter that's based on one character and then you get another chapter that's from a different character. Like it's all him. But yeah. I think... The story is is much more. It's much wider. Um, 
And then, like, it, 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 I liked how it all wrapped up as well. Like, there's been all these sort of hints yep. and, like, suggestions all the way through that if you pick up on them, you can sort of see where it's going. But then if you yep. don't, like, when you get to the end, it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like the the way that the crusade have actually been tracking them. Yes, because um, like throughout the book, he's like someone's betraying me. And he starts like murdering people and cutting people down, and then finds out it's like, oh, it's the gold. Yeah. Oh, it's the gold. <laughs> yeah, I thought that. Oh was fun. no! <laughs> but when we get to the end, and it's like you know, it turns out that he's actually just been suffering from the curse, but he's just had a much He's done a much better job of sort of dealing with it than most yeah. other uh, Necrons do. Um, yeah, it's still not clear to me. Like by the end, like because like the last couple of chapters, like it says like when he's speaking, like that his his voice module thing is sort of like starting to fail and stuff. Like, but like the way that he, like, is he transforming? Like, is he going to be a flayed one, or is he, like, is he still an Overlord? Yeah. But yeah, I think he's. I think he's going to be the flayed one king. Yeah, but by, by the sounds of it, um, which is going to be really interesting on the third book. Is it's an yeah, interesting. What? The thing that I love about these, like these two books and the um, Infant and the Divine, um, is how much character and insight they are giving to Necrons. Mm. Um, yeah, right. like just like the flayed ones have always, always just being described as sort of mindless ghouls that have fallen to this curse and all they're bothered about is just chopping people up and wearing them. Like, the, yeah. and that's it. But then, like, the little bit of insight it gives at the end into, like, they are... They they do have, like... Their, their minds do still work. They might work a little bit differently, but they, they are still there. And, yeah. like, that sort of... Yeah, it's... But- like, like, um, oh, what was it? Who's the razor? What's his name? Uh, Yannick. Uh, Yannick. He's like, he's the, he's the like weird sense of morality throughout this entire book, and it's yeah. it's really tragic because he basically gets, um, uh, well, exiled slash executed because Altex has a tantrum, and then at the end he's like, yeah, I did what I did want to hate you. But I'm not. And he's just this kind of nice, peaceful calm about the flayed ones. It's like, yeah, we like killing people, but it's natural. So, yeah, be yeah. happy with yourself. It's just that it's sort like, of thing. It's, it's a, there's a weird sort of like sub-message about just accepting who you are. And once you yeah, do right? that, you'll be a lot happier. Like, yeah. it's weird. Um, it's, yeah, very strange. Um, but good in... Yeah, it's a, it's a good book. I'm I'm not sure if I I like it versus well, I'm to be honest with you, I'm just waiting for the third one. I'm not even going to put them against each other. I I like them equally. Um and I really want to see where it goes with the third think, one just because as you say it adds so much character to the Necrons because you get to see like what their society was like and what was implied by their society because mm-hmm. they were basically a case of our society is built on strength. Any kind of compassion is weakness, and therefore you must be purged or killed. And no one is sacred apart from the um, the Overlord. So everyone else is just mindless dribble. And that's kind of the entire philosophy 
throughout the Necron tier, and then when they get the Necrons, they're kind of the same, but they're like having trouble dealing with it. They're kind of like, well, should we still be this way? Because do we have to be? And yeah. yeah, it's 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 interesting as well that like killing a leader is called regicide. And I was like, hmm, that's a 40k thing from something else. So now I'm all kinds of confused. Well, regicide is just that is just killing a king. That that's just that's normal. That's not even a, a 40k thing. That's just ah yeah, because they were playing um, in 40k and oh, I think 30k. They play regicide a lot. And I was like, I didn't actually know that was a real thing, so I've learned something today. Yeah, Yay, re- regicide is killing kings. Regicide is, is what it's called when you kill a king. Uh, the some uh, else side is when you kill, like, your father. Uh, um, I can't remember what it's called. But it, it mentions that in the first book, because he tried, like his father is the king, so it's it's regicide yeah. and... Uh, Whatever Daddy it is. side. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> but yeah, regicide, that's a real thing. That's that's real life term ah, for like I've learned. Um, I'm enlightened and but, inspired. Um, yeah, it's uh it's a good book. I think I prefer it to the, the first one just because I feel like and this is probably just me, but like the first book, like I didn't really understand what was happening properly until maybe sort of halfway through, two thirds of the way through. Um, oh, okay. Like, not that I didn't yeah. understand, but it felt a bit sort of. It was a bit slow going to start with. Sure. Um But then by the end of it, I, I was I was well into it and I really enjoyed it. I do like the first one, but the second one I think is just solid all the way throughout. Like, I don't feel mm-hmm. like there's any. I don't feel like there's anything that's a bit slower or anything like that. So I think I would. It. Ju- I think it just beats out the first one for me. Um, okay. Do you but, find, uh, do you like it more than Infinite and the Divine? They're very different books. Yeah, they are. They are very different <laughs> books. And I think that the, the other thing as well is that because this is part of a trilogy, so there was a book before it and there's going to be a book after it, you can't yeah. really judge. I think you'd have to judge the trilogy against the yeah. Infinite Divine rather than each book sure. uh, because it's all going to be one one long story, whereas the Infinite Divine is one book, but that's just one story. Um, yeah. So it's it's hard okay. to say. I like them both for different reasons. Like the Infinite Divine again adds loads of character, but it's also got a lot of humor. Um, yeah. Whereas this has little bits of humor and little bits of like not necessarily like the Necrons telling jokes, but like how stuff's written. Um, yeah, like like when Denix summons the Monolith. Oh God! Do you know what? I've been waiting Quite. for that to happen. I've been waiting for that to happen for two books. Well, I, I know that these are going to turn up at some point. <laughs> it was like the smallest moment as well. It's yeah. just like, and he summoned a monolith. And, and then, then he got blown up. Yeah. It's like the what it's like the bit in the first book with the uh, the tachyon arrow that takes down the, yeah. uh, the Titan. Like yeah. it's it's just those little bits of comedy that just adds a little bit of something. But no, I I I'd massive, highly recommend reading this if you've not already or listening to it. Uh, I, I believe is it voiced by is it done by Richard Reed again? Yes. Yeah. yeah so it's written, uh, read by Richard Reed. It was written by Nate Crowley, wasn't it? Yeah. It was written by Nate Crowley. Um, so yeah, I'd highly recommend getting it. I can't wait for the third one. Hopefully, it'll not be too long because it was only a few months between the first and the second one. Yeah, um, it was pretty quick. So here's hoping the uh, the third is on the way. Yeah, because I'm very eager to read it. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a couple of other books I can read in the meantime. Not Necron ones, but. 
something else I can read, but I'm very much looking yeah. forward to the third third one of these. Just because of where it's left off, basically, o- Oryx is now a flayed king. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not 100% sure what that's going to look it, like. Yeah, cause it because it looks that's like there's not, other dynasties as well that are in part of his Yeah, so yeah, it's basically group. like You're loads like, and loads ooh. of flayed ones have all just sort of flocked to him, and they are all like now answering to him, seeing him as their king, but as a flayed yeah. king... Now, whether he stays, like, doesn't transform physically too much and is, like, able to lead like that, or I don't know what's going to happen because it's not... Everything else so far has been, like, you know, it's a model that you can play in the game sort of thing, but there isn't mm. a flayed one king. Like, there isn't, there isn't uh, a flayed lord you can have in game, so... I'm really, really hoping that Zarek shows up. And you'd be like, oh, the Silent King's in this one. And just see what happens. That would be like a cool way to end off the trilogy. If Zarek's yeah, yeah. in it in some way, that, that would be, be cool. It would be cool. Um, I'd be interested to see how it would tie in, though. Like, Yeah, right. But I'm looking forward to it anyway. I'm looking forward to the third one. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some news on that uh, some point soon as to when that's mm-hmm. uh, when that's coming out. Um, but Sweet yeah, beans. That was our story time. Uh, book club section so if you've got any suggestions for books to read or uh, books for us to discuss uh, or anything else like I said they don't have to be books they can be other like different reading uh, materials as well uh, drop them in the uh, suggestions channel over on the Pickle Jar Discord as long with any other suggestions for topics to talk about for foods to try all that sort of stuff drop them all over there and with that that brings us to the end of another podcast we've we've like really gone over this time yeah, it was we well, it was a little bit of a catch up episode because yeah. we didn't uh, we we haven't chatted that much, so a little bit of a catch up and yeah, the sweet. I think we spent a little bit longer on snack attack than normal. As well, <laughs> so. Yeah, well, it was worth it because they're they're very tasty. I'm going to eat the rest of them. Yeah, today, I think. right. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you very much for listening to this episode or watching this episode if you are watching on YouTube. Um, you can find us on Spotify, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, you can find us on Google Podcasts, you can find us on YouTube now if you want to listen on there. Um, so however you want to consume the content, there is somewhere for you to be able to do it. Elston, where can people find you uh, on the World Wide Web? Oh, I am on my own YouTube channel, Elston Nation. Uh, just put it to YouTube, you'll find me there. Uh, I do have a Facebook page, Elston Nation Minis. Um, and that's pretty much where you find me. If you want to get in contact with us, drop us a PM or DM or whatever you want to use for a messaging service, and we shall try to answer it. Uh, if not, the other place would be over the Discord, but I'll let Pickle talk about that. Yeah, so if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on my Discord, where I am uh, most of the time. Um, Try and be as active on there as I can. Uh, but if not, then the moderators on there are doing an absolutely fantastic job. So if you've got any questions or suggestions, drop them over on the Discord. There'll be a link for that down below in the description. Um, as for me, <clears throat> myself, you can find me over on my YouTube channel, which is The Pickle Jar. Again, link for that down below, along with a link for my live stream channel, where I live stream every Wednesday evening and every other Sunday morning. So, <clears throat> so, um, if you want to come and check us out at any of those places, do so. You can obviously follow us on Instagram. Uh, I've got a Facebook page set up. I don't really use it very often. Um, and yeah, if you want to help support uh, what we're doing here, uh, the best way to do that at the moment is just to share it out with anyone that you think would be interested in listening to us ramble on about 
uh, wargaming-ish related stuff. Um, yeah, because we haven't got anything set up for donations or anything like that. So just sh- share us out and help mm-hmm. to uh, get more people listening to the show, listening to the podcast. Uh, that's the best way Sharing to is us. caring. Sharing is caring. And on that <laughs> note, we're going to end it. So thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. There we go. Podcast done.